Hey, awesome listener. You know how we talk so often about what folks learn or don't learn about sex? Well, there's another too often taboo topic, money. Many folks learn little about finances, in particular, how to build security. This topic is close to my heart because it's been a learning curve for me and because so many women and queer folks are disproportionately affected by poverty. Smart, ethical investing is one way to prevent that. But where do we even start? And isn't investing reserved for the ultra-rich? Not anymore. Vinovest makes investing in wine, yes, wine, easy. Check it out at the link in the show notes where you can receive two months of fee-free investing. What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness, in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. If you have used sex toys, you probably have some memorable sex toy stories. And according to recent studies, many of you have. A survey from Statistica showed that sex toy use has been increasing steadily in recent years, with 65% of people with a vulva owning at least one. Another study showed that over three-quarters of gay and bisexual penis havers have used at least one type of toy, such as a dildo or a cock ring. Couples' toys have been gaining popularity too. And just like sexual experiences in general, sex toy experiences range from not so great to pretty awesome. Some are funny, some are deeply moving or intensely erotic. Others are frankly sad. In my latest email list survey, I asked folks to share their own most memorable sex toy experience. I selected a few to share today, without their real names or voices. Sammy said this. When my wife was on a business trip, I bought her a large dildo as a gift for when she got home. She had always kept that desire to herself in our marriage. The anticipation while she was away for her was incredible, and she sexted me nonstop. She was so excited. That alone was so much fun. Upon return, her eyes widened when she unwrapped it, and I could tell she had always wanted to try one. We had so much fun that day. It was erotic and also intimate. Brittany said, The first time I came using the wand internally and my vibrator externally taught me that combined internal and external simulation can lead to a much more powerful orgasm. Then there was Thomas's reply. The first time my wife used our strap-on on me, I was excited to experience receiving this type of pleasure while she was excited to be on the giving end. An incredible new way for me to climax. And from Georgia. She told me she got one of those yoni eggs stuck in her vagina. 
I wanted to do this sex ritual thing I read about before me and my honey got down and dirty. And instead I had to be like, uh, honey, we might need to go to urgent care. <laughs> That's right. I, I had to go to the doctor to get it taken out. I think my anxiety made everything so much worse. If I'd been calmer, my body would have not been so tense. Anyway, lessons learned. For one thing, occasionally size, <laughs> at least of toys, does in fact matter. Georgia has a point. Gia wrote in with this. My vibrator started buzzing inside the machine at airport security. And when I tried to turn it off after it came out and the TSA person dug through my bag, I made it go even louder. So I just stood there already, took some deep breaths and laughed until I cried in the bathroom. <laughs> kind of feel like I lived those stories just now. And admittedly, I have hoped and wished that airport security would find some of my goodies in my bag, but so far, no luck. I mean, I'm always up for a convo about pleasure. Mm. Voice artists, Rosa Delgado and Loquiverba helped bring those true stories to life. Andrew Gerza and Heather Morrison from Bumpin' are bringing something else to life. I recently spoke with Andrew and Heather about their own sex toy memories and a newfound mission in their lives. You may recall Andrew from a couple of past Girl Boner episodes about their advocacy in the disability space and their decision to hire a sex worker and tell their mom about it. Here's what he remembers about sex toys. I mean, the, the most salient memory I have of, of sex toys is going into the condom shack in Toronto like way back in the day and looking at sex toys and thinking, oh, cool, Like I'll never be able to really use any of those. And kind of giggling because, oh my goodness, there's a sex toy. But, I mean, in terms of toys that I've used, the best story that I can share is when I started doing this work, probably about five or six years ago, I was contacted by a company um, and they sent me a toy and said, would you test this for us and see if it's accessible? And I said, sure. So I went to go pick it up and I realized, even when I went to go pick up the box, that I had to get somebody else to put the box in my bag and carry it home. So I realized that, oh, even bringing it to my house wasn't accessible. And then when I tried to open the toy on my own, because of my dexterity level, I realized that I couldn't even open the box to get to the toy. And then when the toy was there, I was like, oh, now I have to get someone else to to help me with the toy. So there were all these layers of like, how do I even use the toy if I have to ask for help? And I remember finally finding a caregiver that I knew kind of well and I was comfy with saying, hey, I was given a sex toy by this company. Can you help me test it? She said, oh, sure, no problem. And I was shocked because I thought she would say no. She said, sure, I'll help you. So she helped me put the toy on. But as she's putting the toy on me, she's also getting gloves and blue pads and all these things that are typically used for disability stuff. And I was like, well, this is not sexy. How am I supposed to, this is not like turning me on. This is really weird. And then she was like, okay, I'll be back in like 20 minutes. Bye. And she left. 
me with this toy on my junk. And I very quickly realized that I couldn't use any of the buttons because they were tiny. This thing was on my, on, my, on my genitals and it was vibrating, but it started to hurt me. So I was like, oh no, how do I get this toy off? <laughs> and so I had to call her back and be like, can you come save me from this like rogue toy that I can't turn off? And so I never really was able to experience the toy super independently because of stuff like that. Heather first delved into toys during a relationship. It was part of shared couple exploration. You know, we started to get into toys to kind of like experiment and push the boundaries. We were pretty young. And so it was a very like experimental relationship from a sexual point of view of what does this feel like and where could that go? (laughs) Literally. (laughs) And, you know, included within that was like we watched quite a bit of porn together and then we would like pick little things out that we might wanted to try. And like that included things from like, you know, dress up and lingerie all the way through to um, like different um, toys and more, but more from like a partner play point of view. It wasn't until that relationship ended and Heather had been single for a while that she started to see toys through a different lens. How could they benefit her on her own and help her discover more about her body and what she enjoys? That exploration started paying off quickly. Like definitely the first time I really had a proper orgasm was with like a really full one. I mean, definitely like I was able to get there on my own, but God, it takes a lot longer. And I couldn't believe like how much deeper and faster the orgasm came. That toy was a little bullet vibrator. The small, discreet toys that are literally shaped like, well, bullets. Most are meant for stimulation on the outside of your body, the external part of the clit especially. Heather liked that it didn't look like a veiny penis, as so many toys did at the time. It was like a little pocket rocket, she said, that she could keep in her bedside drawer or take with her if she wanted to. And the exploration continued to bring benefits, which carried over into relationships. For one thing, she knew how she wanted to work a toy into partnered sex to make sure that her experience was orgasmic. In that first relationship where she used toys, orgasms weren't all that big of a priority. Maybe this is more from like a um, vulva owner point of view is like it wasn't even the point to have an orgasm. It was just like, well, we're playing with stuff and seeing what was going on. I don't even think as exploratory as that relationship is, I actually ever had an orgasm in that relationship because that almost like was like a secondary consideration. And we were just kind of seeing like how things felt. And it wasn't until I'd had that own, my own personal time and then introduced it into partner relationships where I was like, no, 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 here's how I want this. <laughs> Andrew and Heather started their company Bumpin' not only because toys have been inaccessible for so many disabled folks, but because they were becoming more of a need for Andrew, which shed light on even more inaccessibility. I lost the ability to masturbate a couple years ago due to my hand, my crappy dexterity, thanks to disability, and just hand pain. And it was just really hard for me to even want to masturbate because I was never able to masturbate in the way that typical penis havers masturbate, which is like the pumping motion. I could never do that. So I would use my forefinger, my thumb on the head of my penis to get pleasure. And because of my hands being, I'm showing them on camera, they're, they're a little bit full of CP. Meaning cerebral palsy. It was hard for me to do that. 
In 2017, Andrew was featured in a documentary written and directed by Yari Osborne called Picture This. And in the documentary, I talk about how I can't masturbate anymore and how it's hard for me to masturbate and kind of how that made me feel and how I kind of lost a sense of my manhood, my masculinity. And then that documentary went all over the world and happened to land in Sydney, Australia, where Heather is. And she watched that doc and kind of had a light bulb moment of like, oh, I didn't know this about Andrew because it's not like brothers and sisters sit down and have deep combos about their masturbatory habits. Well, we do now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Andrew and Heather are siblings. And watching Picture This was completely eye-opening for Heather. So Andrew had talked about this documentary and Heather, you watched it. Would you share a little bit about what that experience was like to realize that your loved one, your brother, was dealing with this challenge and he didn't know about it? Yeah, like the documentary is absolutely awesome and I think a must watch for anybody. As a, as a sister and I think just another human being watching it, because it talks so much about like, um, not just sex, but like relationships and dating, like I'm a single girl and relationships and dating are hard. It's real hard. It's hard to have the confidence to go up to people. It's hard to navigate relationships, ups and downs. And, and especially today with like millions of platforms and being ghosted and gaslighted and all these things and terms. And you're like, what the hell is going on? She's right. Dating these days can be tough for most anyone. But when she watched the documentary, saw her brother sharing his real experiences on screen, she was really struck by some of the added challenges he's faced and his confidence. In the film, Andrew talks about going to gay bars. When he spotted a guy he was interested in, he would roll up in his power wheelchair to flirt with him. I don't have the confidence to do that, like let alone... You know, being visibly disabled in a power chair, that takes such fucking confidence. At one point in the film, Andrew recalls a time when he had hit on a guy who was interested and had agreed to carry the fun on at Andrew's place. But on the elevator ride up, the guy had second thoughts. And so Andrew, like, gets out of the lift, and he's, like, going to, like, unlock his door, chatting away. And he looks behind him, and the guy never got out of the lift. And so for me as a sister and as a person, like actually watching that documentary was a bit heartbreaking because you just see how fucking awful people can be. You know, that's awful in the best of times. And there's so many nicer ways that that guy could have backed out than just not get off the lift. So it was confronting for me because like I hadn't, you know, maybe known as many of those sort of heartbreaking stories that Andrew has gone through and how he puts himself out there. And I think it's so incredibly brave and hard to do. Then the film delved into the sexual nature of things. Longings to be seen as a sexual being. Longings for pleasure and connection. Something the pair had never really talked about. A few months after Heather watched Picture This, Andrew went to visit her in Australia. And the topic of self-pleasure came up. And we were on the beach and she was like, oh, I saw the documentary and I saw you had talked about this. Can you tell me more? And I was just explaining that like my hands don't really work that way. And she says, well, aren't there any toys on the market? And I kind of rolled my eyes and was like, well, no, none of the toys on the market really work for me. And she said, well, can you tell me why? And I said, well, the buttons are tiny. I can't get my hand around it. They don't fit. They do, it just doesn't work. And she goes, well, 
kind of naively said, well, do you want to make one? The way that you were like, hey, let's, we have this idea and let's talk. Is that a dynamic that you had growing up? Like when you were kids, did you ever have projects that you did together? Forced projects, I think. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember any? Uh, there were like little things like... um more things like dress up or which Andrew claims he didn't like, but I think now <laughs> we all realize that that's true. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, Andrew posted an image of himself wearing a hot pink wig and a strappy leopard print dress on Instagram. The caption reads, my first time in drag circa 2004. You're welcome. When Heather brought the notion of creating a sex toy together up, Andrew was intrigued. I said, all right, well, let's talk about it. So we did some research on Reddit and put out just questions like, hey, is this, is this something you want? Is this really a problem? Just to see if it was larger than just, let's make a toy for Andrew to get off. We were like really excited to see that 92% of the people we spoke to said, we do want a toy like this. And that was only the beginning of their research. Over the past two and a half years, they have brainstormed, partnered with RMIT University for what Heather described as mega-diligent research into barriers around toys and unaided masturbation for people with disabilities. They've worked with industrial designers, occupational therapists, and product engineers. Andrew and others in the disabled community have also tested toys to help them land on key features for the Bumpin premier product, which they have named the joystick. For one thing, they knew it had to be large enough to address dexterity issues. The thing I kept saying to Heather is, because of dexterity, you need something big, because big is easier for me to hold on to. And they learned that Andrew is far from alone. As they state on the Bumpin website, hands are the biggest barrier to sex toys on the market and to an unaided wank. Oh. Really, I mean, for me, all I wanted was a toy that I could use. So, But it was really collaborative with the team looking into what we could, we could come up with. And so when they would send me toys, one of the things that I liked and the toys that they would send me, even though I couldn't really use the toy, was vibration. So we also talked about what is comfy for somebody to get pleasure, even if they can't do use a, use a vibrator the conventional way. So I, we would feedback things like vibration, things like the texture of the toy. Is it soft? Is it easy to hold on to? But the big thing was make it big and make it something you that somebody in my position could actually access. You can hug the joystick. It is that large. It's also soft, flexible for various body positions and needs, and it fits your favorite sex toys inside. It's designed to hold a toy like a vibrator, dildo, wand, or sleeve exactly where you want it. In other words, it makes so many toys already on the market a lot more accessible. It also suits all sexes and gender expressions and features a lovely shade of purple. It's like if a body pillow and a foam roller had a sexy, naughty love child. 
<laughs> I love it. It's about a meter in length. Um, and the top of it is a soft, pillowy cushion. And so the goal of that top part is for you to hug into it so that somebody without dexterity could grab onto this piece. Heather's bringing it right now. So you can see. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it's like if you wanted to hump a body pillow that was designed to hold your favorite sex toy. And like, who doesn't want that? <laughs> right. Sign me up. That is amazing. Okay, so here are a few more cool things about VinoVest. They make investing easy with a simple-to-use platform and a team of portfolio advisors. As an investor, you will own 100% of the wines in your portfolio. You can buy, sell, or even drink your wine whenever you want. And they make it super easy to diversify your portfolio. Head to zen.ai slash girlbonerradio to receive two months of fee-free investing, or click the link down in the show notes to save and start earning today. This episode is supported by Zencaster. It's an all-in-one podcast production suite, and it gives you studio-quality audio and video from home without needing all of the technical know-how. I switched to Zencaster for recording my interviews a few months ago, and I have been so impressed. It records each person locally, so even if the internet wobbles, you won't miss a beat. Learn more and save 30% on your first three months at Zencaster.com pricing and enter the code GIRLBONERRADIO. You can start with a free trial of the professional version and then either keep going or switch to their free option moving forward for great interview quality without all the extras. Again, that's zencaster.com slash pricing with the code GIRLBONERRADIO, or click the direct link down in the show notes. The joystick really is awesome and a lot bigger than I imagined when I first saw this little illustration on Instagram. The Bumpin' team is approaching the final phase of testing for the toy, where they will send fully factory prototypes out to testers, all in accessible, easy-to-open packaging. Based on folks' responses, how they feel about the entire process, from opening and using the toy to cleaning it, they'll go into final testing and then final designs. One of the biggest challenges Andrew and Heather continue to face is something pretty much all of us in the sexuality realm deal with on some level. Stigmas and shame brought on by cultural messaging. What we're finding now with the toys and pre-order is getting people to also to be interested in the toy and understanding why they might be hesitant to buy a sex toy, why they might be concerned about buying one. And so it's talking about what is your internalized shame around being disabled and maybe not wanting to buy a sex toy? Is it because you don't think this toy is for you? Is it because you don't think that you deserve pleasure? So we're we're looking into ways to not only sell the toy, but also start a, a larger conversation on, you know, what are the barriers to converting you from being interested in the toy to actually like picking one up or considering one more readily. And what we're finding is that there's a lot of, not pushback, but people are hesitant because I don't think a lot of 
disabled people have these conversations openly. And now we're saying, wow, it's for you. And people are excited, but they may also be internalizing a lot of shame. And so I think a barrier for us and a, an opportunity for us is to look at how do we have conversations around shame and disability that make people feel seen, not that we're pressuring them to buy a toy, but we want to also dig past the shame so they feel confident so that if they want to buy one of our toys or another toy, they don't have to feel scared about that. You know, you're told in society for such a long time that, and it's reinforced in culture and in school systems and in friendship groups, et cetera, that, you know, people disabled as a disabled person, like you don't, you're not really that sexual or, you know, people are surprised that you are. Um, and even like people who are like more sexually, um, open uh, about their sexuality. I, I don't know how, how much this occurs, but definitely like there's this taboo or this cultural taboo that society kind of reinforces that, you know, people with disabilities, oh, like they're never represented sexually in the media. Like, you know, you're not really a sexual being. It's all these like myths and, and untruths. And so like, even if, so you grow up kind of hearing that. And even if you know that that's not true and you, and we've been doing this for now for two years openly since we launched the brand. And so we have been having a lot of these conversations. We've had a lot of supporters. People, I think, are really happy to see what we're doing and are backing us. But we need to build, a, I guess, a bit more of a bridge for people because, you know, and then it's like, okay, cool. Like, now we've got this toy. And I think people are like, amazing. That so needs to exist. But like, is it for me? Like, even though it's been designed for people with disabilities, that's a physical, functional design aspect. But like, what are the, what we're, what we're starting to question is like, what are the underlying emotional barriers that are coming up for people who have maybe like deselected themselves from actually like we don't know we're still kind of digging into this is like is there an emotional barrier for people who their whole lives have been told like oh you're disabled like you're not really that sexual or you're not supposed to be and then it's like cool there's this toy for you and like they're happy that that exists but maybe they still don't think it's for them. Andrew has built a substantial community online through his advocacy, his podcast, Disability After Dark, and his viral hashtag, Disabled People Are Hot. And he seems to feel a responsibility to that community as they both offer giddiness and questions about the joystick. I mean, the overwhelming response I get is we're really excited by it. They want this. But again, like Heather was saying, the questions have been, have been asked. Is it for me? Can I access it? Can I afford it? They really come with some of the basic questions because disabled people have been so marginalized. Well, they're excited. They're still not sure. And there's still some hesitancy. And so my job is to be like, okay, let's talk about that. What we're doing now with a lot of people, we're going on Zooms with them and saying, okay, let's just have a chat about sex toys, about what would work for you. What is a barrier? Like, tell us outright what the barrier is. Like, don't hold back. Tell us what it is. Let us know. And then we'll take that info and see what we can do. And I think hearing that feedback from community members, even when it isn't feedback that we, like, want, it's still important because it helps us to create a better product and to, to also open up a conversation around disability and sexuality that I don't think we're having enough of. And I think those conversations are more important than any product we 
produce. Obviously, we want to sell the toy, of course. But the conversations that are coming out of that are really something that I think have been in the shadows for a long time. And so the fact that we're having them openly with people is really, really, it's just, it's eye-opening even for me. And I've been doing this for myself now for a decade and hearing people say like, I don't know if I can get this because I don't know if I'll have enough money or I don't know if I'll be able to do this thing or I don't know if hearing, realizing the disparity within the community and how much work we have to do to get over the shame is like, wow, even for me. And I'm somebody that, that like also has a lot of shame around my, my own disability and my own sexuality, even as sex positive as I am. But hearing that from other people and knowing that it's a real thing, I think helps to move us forward. That's really important, given how moving forward is something both Andrew and Heather have grappled with. Heather told me that they both have wanted to call it quits at times because creating a product alone tends to be incredibly challenging, and that is without all the stigmas and taboos. But then something happens, often during one of those conversations or through a grateful DM someone who says thank you for doing this, that reminds them of how important the work truly is. Learn more at getbumpin.com. Bumpin is spelled B-U-M-P-N, where you can pre-order the joystick, make a donation, and order the Bumpin' Book of Love, Lust, and Disability. The book features 50 stories from disabled people around the world, answering questions like, what's it like to have sex with chronic pain? What's the worst thing someone has said to you about sex and disability? What's the sexiest part of your disabled body? You can also follow the brand and cheer them on on Instagram at getbumpin'. Before I let you all go, I have to share some fun buzz from The Pleasure Chest. All month long, they are celebrating their Spring Fling Collection, which features curated collections of popular vibrators, powerful wands, and all kinds of goodies to make your oral sex experiences spicier. Their Oral Fixation Collection features everything from flavored lubes to stroking sleeves with a reminder that there are so many exciting ways to give and receive. Check it all out at thepleasurechest.com. If you are enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I would love to hear from you by way of a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or the iTunes Store. A rating literally takes about two seconds. You just open the app if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and click on the stars beneath the show. And be sure to hit the follow button on the podcast app you're using, if you haven't yet, so that you will never miss a beat. And if you give Vino Vest a try, I want to hear about your experience. Check it out at zen.ai slash girlbonerradio or the link in the show notes to get two months of fee-free investing. You can also support this show and get fun extras by joining my community at patreon.com slash girlboner and letting your friends know about it. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>